Hello, Citygate Church. We are so excited to be able to bring the Word of God to you today. Here from C7 Church in Scotland, and we're just encouraged that you have such great pastors, Julian and Sharon Melfi, and they are great friends of ours. So from all of us here at C7, a big hello. And we're going to get into the Word of God today because I know you guys are hungry for the Word of God. You've got a great teaching team who teaches you the Word of God every single week. And we've had your pastor up with us many times and we absolutely love him. And so today, I want to encourage you around the Word that I think is going to be mostly used in our current season. And that is the word change. You're probably going to hear that word more than any other vocabulary word that you can muster out of your mouth. Things are changing and things have changed. But the great thing is, when you learn the principles of how to maximize change, how to use the change, then it enables you and empowers you to be able to adjust, able to transition, able to make choices in the things that maybe are out of your control. So this whole thought came to me just a few weeks ago when I had a, an experience in my own personal life when something was really important to me had been put together and because of the context of COVID-19, we suddenly had to make a change. And in the context, I found myself radically adjusting quickly, efficiently and effectively. And my response to the moment almost shocked me because it was a big moment for my personal life and I thought to myself, I'm either punch drunk or I've learned to pivot on a dime or a penny. That's the title of this message, how to pivot on a dime or a penny, how to make the adjustments, how do you turn quickly, how do you turn suddenly without it ruining you, shaking you so much you, you cannot handle it, you be, you're becoming overwhelmed and learning the principles of life that is in the area of change. So I was talking to someone who was very important to me and I said to them, am I punch drunk or do you think I've learned to pivot on a dime? Now this person I totally trust and say they would tell me the truth and they said, no, you are not punch drunk. You have empathy towards situations and you have empathy towards people. You have just got the, you have learned the ability to change and to pivot on a dime, which was hugely encouraging to me. So I thought I would encourage the people of God, how do you change in very uncertain times? And yet the kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is always going to go forward. And in the midst of uncertainty, what do we know? We know the kingdom, the church, the future in God is certain. So we trust him and we trust what is going on. But change is a part of life. You know, things change in personal lives. Things get disrupted. Jobs change. Marriages change. Sometimes you're involved with somebody and they tell you they're going to love you for the rest of their life and they change. You know, money changes. Sometimes our physical body changes. Our, our weight changes. Our diet changes. The looks change. As you get older, you start to look even better as you get older. And that's the encouragement. I believe you need to encourage yourself. Sometimes businesses change, relationships, friendships change. Life is a guaranteed 
change. And that's a good thing. Think about it for a moment. If you're to stick your, your foot into a river and take your foot back out and then replace your foot in the river at what you think is the same spot, it is never the same spot because that river of water is constantly moving. And that, for me, is a lot of life. You know, there's a start of life, there's a finish of life, and in between those two things is a whole lot of change. So our ability to face change, to embrace change, to not to fear change, to overcome when change is coming, then all of these factors, I believe, make a massive difference. And I know you guys down in London town, Citygate Church, are people of faith, and you are people that know the truth, you are people that know God's word, and you know that in the midst of change, all things will work together for the good. So let me give you a few things today about change. Number one, it is transition. Change is going from one point to another point with a destination in mind. You know, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they were in transition. God was trying to transition them from the place of captivity into a place of promised land and to take them through a series of changes that would help them to knock out 400 years of mental, emotional, physical slavery. And they were so used to generational uh, slavery, it was entrenched in them. So there, there was a series of events and series of moments through the wilderness that God, I believe, was using to bring transformation or transition into these people's lives so that they would then be able to enter into the promised land. And it's always fascinated me, the story of the children of Israel coming out of, of Egypt for a number of reasons. When, when Moses sent out the 12 spies to spy out the promise that God had, had said is for them, he, Moses said God has told him that the land is flowing with milk and honey. And so, and it's a, it's a prosperous land. It's a glorious land. And this is God's plan. So they got a heads up what it was going to be like. Twelve spies go out. Many of us would know the story. And they come back and ten of them begin to say, yes, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. I would think right there and then, that's a bit of a heads up that God is still with them. Moses has said, hey, this is what it's going to be like. They had never been there before. And they come back saying it's true. And yet they had this negative report that it was too tough. The giants in the land were too big. And yet two people, Joshua and Caleb, saw the, the potential of what could be and what God could do and saying, we are well able to go in and take the land. Two of multi-millions of people got the right response. The children of Israel had the cloud by day to protect them from the harsh heat of the desert's um, sun. And at night they had the, the fire in the sky, God leading them. They all had the same experiences, yet only two out of a few million people got what God was wanting. And that was them to trust Him, trust Him that He would fulfill what the promise was spoken over the nation. And so the rest of them had to wait in the wilderness for 40 years 
to pass away and then those who are under 20 would go into the promised land with Joshua and Caleb. I think it's remarkable how you can have experiences with God and see mighty moves of God and obey God and yet the same people around and about you can see the same things, hear the same things and nothing changes and they get fearful. I want to encourage you today. Change is transition. And God wants to bring you from one point to another point. Are you today going to be like Joshua and Caleb? Or are you today going to be fearful like the multi-millions of people were and not receive the promise of God? Today, why don't you make a decision that you are going to change? You're going to go from someone who doesn't just believe on the surface of God's word. You're going to activate God's word in your life and step into that very promise. The second thing about change, it is that it is transforming. It, it really does do a work on you. And that can be both negative and positive. <clears throat> I have found that, that God, you know, gives us tests. And he also puts us through some levels of trial. The test when we were growing up at school was just to give you an indicator of how you were going with the things that you had learned. That's a test. You know, I never enjoyed tests at school. I, in fact, you know, I preferred not to, not to have them because I hadn't studied the level I needed to study and that was just, you know, my school years. I've learned the importance of learning a whole lot more since I left school. But in those years, I really didn't like the test because they really showed me what I'd done and what I hadn't done. And so a test in God is going, how much are you learning? Are you going to trust God with what he's told you? And that all comes down to how much you're meditating on God's word, how much you're following God's word. So when the tests come, how good are you going to stand? And then there's the trials that come our way. Trials that produce. Trials that produce perseverance, Roma says, chapter 5. Trials that produce character and character that produces hope. Now, these characteristics and hope and perseverance are all a transformation of who you are. That's the beautiful thing about change. If we're going to learn to pivot on a dime, we have to embrace the trials of life. And the trials of life for the righteous, the Bible says, are many and various. Oh, I sometimes I wish there was not certain verses in the Bible. But the Bible clearly says many are the trials of the righteous and various. Are, but God delivers us from them all. In other words, the trial comes and God works the trial uses the trial, and then produces a whole lot of change in our life. That's the transformation. That's why I have a great hunger to renew my mind. I have a great desire to change the way that I'm thinking, to get more of the God thoughts, to get more of how God sees things and how God views things. I want to renew my mind according to Romans chapter 12 so that I may understand how good, acceptable and perfect the will of God really is. And as I begin to realize that my viewpoint needs to change, 
then I start to change on the inside. The big thing about life is you get led by your head. Nature teaches us that when a baby is born, it comes out head first most times. And that's the way life is meant to be. It's a picture of life. You get led by your head. So your thinking, your way of discerning things, your way of viewing things. Joseph went through a series of trials, horrendous, challenging, brutal trials. And yet in those trials, God was producing the man of God. He was producing the man that would become a saviour in those days and rescue the future of what God's plan was. And it was in the trials that his viewpoint began to change into the man of God he became. So when his brothers were presented before him, he was able to declare with a pure spirit, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And that's the, that's the challenge of change in life. Are we going to see God in the midst of our change? Or are we going to see the negativity, the things I don't like, I didn't ask for this, I didn't sign up for this? And the truth is, it's not what is going on towards you, it's what's going on in the inside that is the real meaning and the purpose of life. Right now, globally, the world is looking for answers in this pandemic. What do we do? And for most countries, it's lockdown. Fear is being portrayed constantly. And so people are being conditioned to a way of thinking and a way of behaving. And I'm a great encourager that we should, as long as it doesn't violate God and His laws, we should obey leaders and authority. But here's what I'm challenging my own church, and I want to challenge you today, Citygate, is that you, though you are having to obey the conditions, do not let those conditions form in you. Don't allow fear and little thinking to start to land in your life because there appears to be a lot of uncertainty about the future. I'm amazed how many people have stopped thinking and have stopped planning and so they have stopped believing for great things because of so many uncertain um, situations of life, whether it be job, how long things are going to be in lockdown, socially and relationally. Listen, here is the thing. God's Word, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord of hosts. He is going to give you a future and a hope to make sure there is good things and great things. Today, when you think about your future, when you think about your, your direction of life, do not leave God's Word out of that picture. In fact, I would say it's even more important that you would grab a hold of God's Word and declare Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I have a future and I have a hope and I need to start thinking big right now in this season. This is the ability to, to change and pivot on a dime. If, you, if you're going to go through some lockdown seasons, what are you going to get out of the season? What plans have you made? What goals have you set? What things have you challenged yourself with? What knowledge could you gain? Because these things are super important. Change, we know, number three, is certain. It is certain. So in this time, I want to encourage Citygate Church 
Do not anchor yourself in anything other than the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many uncertain things and people have got anchors that is on moving sand. Put your anchor and your hope on the Lord Jesus Christ. Helen Keller said this, security is mostly a superstition. For a lot of people, security is something they put in the banks, they put in their job, they're putting in even in relationships. And Helen Keller says, for most of us, it's superstition. Helen Keller, for those who don't know, was blind, deaf, and dumb, couldn't speak. And yet she had some phenomenal, insightful quotes about life. What is it about life for many people is that when they say things like this, oh, this is going really well in my life, touch wood. What is it about that they think somehow, knocking on their head or knocking on some wood, that that is going to protect them from that statement? It is superstition. And for a lot of us, superstition is connected to, I need money in the bank. I need, I need to get that job. Friend, these things are useful and these things can be made to work for us. But when we anchor our faith and we anchor our hope in those things, we are finding right now these things are uncertain. So what do we do? We anchor ourselves in God and we anchor ourselves in the purpose of God and that becomes the certainty in our life. So we have to change. We have to change our mindset. We have to maybe change the way we're doing things. But the great thing is there's transformation coming. Here's a few things to remember about change. Number one, you cannot resist it. It's going to happen. Number two, you can manage it, but you can't stop it. Number three, you can prepare and plan, but you can't stop it. Number four, you can predict change. Number five, you can initiate change. And number six, you will need to live with change. They are certainties when it comes to the area of life. Uh, life. I want to give you briefly right now, time is ticking away. I just, I just love, love your church. I've been with you many times and I can't wait to come down and see you again, hopefully in the nearest future. But here's some things of what changes people's lives. Number one, positive and negative experiences. The negative experience can produce a positive change in someone. A negative experience can produce a negative change in someone. We've all experienced on some level a positive and a negative change. And depending on your response to those moments is going to determine what you become. Life is full of decisions and life is full of opportunity. How you lean in towards something is going to determine whether that thing stays with you positively or that thing stays with you negatively. Secondly, power changes lives. When people start to become successful, sometimes they forget where that success has come from. As God succeeds in your life and you become more and more successful, today I want to remind you that it is the Lord your God that gives you the ability, the power to create wealth, create success in your life. The third thing that changes people's lives 
is knowledge changes lives. Whether that be knowledge of the truth that sets you free, or whether it becomes knowledge without truth, and that becomes dangerous. Knowledge has the ability to change people. Not all knowledge is helpful, and not all knowledge is powerful. But knowledge does give you that ability to change. The fourth one, position changes people. When you find yourself having to change the positions of life, a new job, a new house, a new nation, these things have the ability to change you for the positive and the negative. Number five is an encounter with the Lord can change you. We would know the story of Jacob. One night encounter with the Lord caused him to physically walk differently, but internally be different. You can have an encounter with God today that will change your life forever. A moment where He comes and He meets with you and He knocks on the door of your life and says, let, you, let me come in. And if you'll open up your heart to Him, the Bible says He will come in. But an encounter with God, we need Him not just once, we need Him multiple times over our lives. Number six as to what changes people is long-term battles change people. When you've been in a battle for a long time and you've been believing God for something for a long time, oh, how it can be weary, how it can knock you around. I can only encourage you, if that's your context today, is don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. The enemy's tactic, your spiritual enemy's tactic, is to bring weariness to your life. That's what the Bible says in Daniel in the last day. He will try, the enemy will try and weary the saints. He may not be able to take you down, but a constant battle, a constant challenge. You have to keep embracing a renewed heart and a renewed mind and learn to pivot on a dime. Number seven, why people change or what changes people is a moment of sin. Someone stuffing up, someone making a mistake can change a life. These are all little things and big things that causes change. But my question to you, City Gate, is how well do you change? How well can you adjust? How flexible are you today? Because if that word is constant, which it is, then your flexibility, your ability to adjust, your ability to think, your ability to take on a moment that is out of your control and then to change things intentionally. I'm sure we've all had the experience driving home late at night and then suddenly coming to a detour. And you thought, my goodness, you've said, you thought to yourself, doesn't the council know I've worked hard today? I just want to get home. And now they are doing roadworks. It's a detour and now I'm going to have to drive another half an hour before I get home. What's wrong with the council? Aren't they thinking? But how many know the council in those moments when you're thinking properly, uh, have a bigger picture? They're actually trying to fix the road so that it's safer. It's more, it's more in tune with where, helping people going where they need to go. And so sometimes these detours come to our life and sometimes they are God and sometimes they're an enemy. If they are God, 
He's going to make sure that detour is going to put something powerful in you. If it's the enemy, God's going to use that moment to turn it around and make something good out of it. The detours in life have to teach us how to pivot on a dime. It's highly likely in the next season that you're going to experience some more change. So what are you going to do? When something comes up against you, a blockage, a detour, a disappointment comes your way, I want to encourage you, get a spirit that says, I will find another way. There is always another way when it comes to the kingdom of God. There is always another way when it comes to finding, if it's not going to come that way, I'm going to go another way. And if it's not that way, I'm going to find another way. If it's not that way, I'm going to find another way. I love watching people who have overcome great things because they have found a way when often other people have gone, there is no way. The famous saying, where there is a will, there is a way. I was told when I first arrived in Scotland that that saying came out of Scotland. And it was really based on the old days of horse and cart where you'd be travelling from one destination to another destination. And you weren't allowed on the cart or the coach unless you had a written will. And so that's where the saying came, where there is a will, there is a way. No will, no way. Now we use it in a different context. Where there's a will inside, there is a way. And where there is no will, you will be conquered in the context and the circumstances of that situation. Today, the circumstances might be out of your control. But do you have a will to change so that you can become what you need to become for whatever is ahead of you in the next season of your life? I just believe today for you, City Gate, that you are a church that is progressive and moving forward. But as individuals, we need to challenge ourselves. Can we pivot, adjust, not flighty, adjust and move on a dime or a penny to go a different way at the, at the direction we believe God is taking us? Today, Make a decision, a choice, that you're going to be somebody that says, Lord, I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb. I'm going to go into the promised land. And if I need to adjust, if I need to change, I will. Today, I'd love to pray for people that perhaps you've never encountered the power and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps today you've never walked in the freedom and the reality of forgiveness the removal of guilt and shame through that relationship with Him. I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer today, whether you're online or you're listening some other way, that today, giving your life over to the one that created you, the one that loved you, the one that says, I went to a cross and paid for all your sin, all your debt. And today, if you'd receive His love and grace, he will come into your life and put purpose and relationship with Him as the top priority in life. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. And if that's you today, you pray this after me. And I believe God 
will answer you. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe today that you are the Son of God. And right now, I open up the door of my life. I ask you to come in to be my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe God just answered you. And I would encourage you to make that decision count. Get a part of a great church. If you're in London, get a part of Citygate Church. But you find a life-giving church. And I know someone's going to come and talk to you right now about that decision. I so love sharing with you today, Citygate. Keep going for God. Learn to change and embrace it with power in Jesus' name.